Hello, everybody. This is this is Safi. I'm, I'm kind of new to this game. Um, this is my podcast. This is my first one I'm going to roll with. The name of this podcast, let's go with Thoughts of an Unstable Mind. But before we start, I have to first say my disclaimer. Why? Because I don't want to offend anybody. My goal, my goal here is to give people insight. So here goes my disclaimer. I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but I will tell you what I believe. So please don't ask me if your baby's cute or if you're fat. All right. This also is produced by Ugly Baby Theory, LLC. I'm also now going to introduce to you the young lady to my right hand named Piper. Piper, go ahead. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ugly Baby Theory Thoughts of an Unstable Mind podcast. I'm glad to be joining you. So what is my goal? I think I kind of touched base a little bit in the beginning. Um, My goal here is to give people insight. And I think with insight, somebody, people, people with insight can see things differently. And maybe when you see things differently, you then can see other people's perspectives, perceptions. And what this all stems down to is a new word I'm going to introduce to you guys. It's called Sophism. What is Sophism? I know it kind of of took it from my last name because I like to think I thought of these thoughts. Sophism. Piper, why don't you share that? Tell everybody what Sophism is. Sure. So we refer to Sophism as the belief of self-accountability for the preservation of society. And why is that? Well, I think if you want to repair, fix anything, it usually... I don't even want to use the word usually. It has to start with the individual. But why is that hard? Well, you first have to recognize your faults. And sometimes recognizing your faults can be something overwhelming because you have to also be vulnerable, right? You have to be vulnerable to willing to accept your faults. And once you can recognize that, then and only then will you be able to take new information that makes logical sense and potentially embrace it, right? Because I think what's going on, Piper, and maybe you know you can give me a little bit of feedback on this. I think what's happening with our society, in my in my perception, is I think we're replacing accountability with empathy. And I don't think anything is wrong with empathy, but without accountability, I think what's going to happen with our society as we replace it with so much empathy. Is this going to be the catalyst that's going to cause this, this, this great country of ours to implode? And I'm already seeing signs of this. Um, and it's, um, it's really disheartening because we as individuals, it's easy to point the finger at, at others as to why I'm not doing well, why I'm not successful, however you want to define success. Um, we want to push it on other people's faults, not mine. And without accountability... How is one going to be able to better themselves and not be a burden on society? Yep, I said it. Well, and, and, you know, uh, back in in the times when I was coming up, back in the 70s, 60s and 70s, we had a saying, if you give a man a fish, he eats for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he eats for a lifetime. And we've lost touch with that, with our kids, with our employees, with different uh, elements of society. We want to give them something. We want to help them. 
but we don't teach them so that then they can go out into the world and be better or do something that's long term. So what you're basically telling me, Piper, from, from hearing what you're saying is you don't want to empower people with that view. I believe they've been uh, unempowered. They've been uh, catered to. Things Absolutely. are easy in this society. I would have to agree and with so, you. And so, you know, we feel, tend to feel sorry for somebody. So we want to help them. And in actually helping them, we're taking their ability from them to help themselves. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, I look at the, how I determine if a person, and I don't like, you're not going to see me use the terms right and wrong a lot in this, in, in this podcast of um, thoughts of an unstable mind. That is not my goal. Thoughts and when, when one person uses right or wrong, you are already trying to convey a message to another by using right or wrong. They're already going to get on the defensive. And, and then we're missing the whole point. I prefer I fundamentally agree or I fundamentally disagree with you. And um, I think the problem that we're having here is we are so focused on proving one or another that they are right or they're wrong because we believe that our views are right and their views are wrong. And I think that's why we're having a lot of, I don't like to use the word chaos, a lot of arguments. Let's use arguments. Or division. Division. You can even say division. I like division better. And I think the problem that we have here is, I'm going to give you my thoughts on why as a country, which I do believe this is the greatest country in the world, um, why do we have a lot of discourse between each other. Well, we are probably, actually, I know that we are the, we are the only country that is a diverse melting pot. So when I say diverse melting pot, we have different cultures, different ethnicities, different religious, different views, different everything, but we're all in this same country. Who am I to be so arrogant to believe that my views are right or wrong versus someone else's when I don't understand their perception? And that leads me to this, this, this magic word, Piper, that I'm going to lean to you to give the proper definition for. And I think that we lack in this country. It's a simple word called tolerance. And I'm going to have Piper, because, you know, we all have our own, in order to eliminate this, you know, arguments, we like to have a definite definition. I don't want to give you my perception. I don't want to give anybody else's perception. I want to go off of the actual definition of tolerance. Go ahead, Piper. So this is based off of, the definition from the Oxford Dictionary, it is the ability or willingness to tolerate something, in particular, the existence of opinions or behavior that one does not necessarily agree with. So if we go off of that definition, and I want to repeat myself, when I'm having this discussion right now, I'm basing this discussion off of the, diction, the, 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 the definition of the word. When you have an individual that you value, just because they don't share your views doesn't mean you can't go enjoy a meal with them and have a drink. And I think that is the missing link that we're having because we're so focused on proving that individual wrong that we, we are no longer valuing that individual in our life. And I think this is what's causing a lot of this disruptance that we're seeing in our society. Uh, you know, I, I, I always look at this and I'm, I'm going to use Piper as an example. I, I was born a religious Muslim. That's how I was born. And um, Piper, what was your um, religion? If you don't want me asking when you... Yeah, um, born Southern Baptist Christian. Okay. Let's hypothetically say Piper and I 
Um, she comes to my, my mom's house. Okay. She comes to my mom's house and she doesn't know that in our culture, in our culture, it's considered polite and expected that you take off your shoes when you, before you walk in the house. Is that similar to y'all, to your culture, Piper, growing up? Oh no, that would have never come up. Okay, so great. This we is would a- have felt like it was rude to ask somebody to take off their shoes. They spent all their time planning Perfect. to match their outfit. This is a great, 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 hopefully give people some insight. So now if I brought Piper to my mom's house and I took off my shoes, Piper did not because she knew, she, knew no, she knew different. She only did what she knew as a child and growing up. What do you think my mother is going to perceive of you on her first impression? I know what she perceived of me, that it was rude. Rude. But how is that fair for you if you didn't have the knowledge base of our culture? It wasn't fair. I never thought to ask. Now, let me ask you a question, Piper. If before we walked into my mom's house, I said, hey, Piper, in our culture, it's customary to take off your shoes to show respect in the household. What would you have done without me even having to ask you? I definitely would have removed my shoes before I walked in. And that might have been helpful thinking back on it. It is. For you to fill me in. So having said that, this is going to come to another saying of mine. Your perception is solely based on your own experiences. Who are you to be so arrogant that another individual shares those exact experiences? I'm here to tell you that they don't. And I think that's the problem. We grow up as individuals from our own upbringing in our own family, with our own culture, our own beliefs, right? And as we mature, we, we value those, those upbringing tools that our parents or our um, guardians have given us. And that's how we define right, wrong, respectful, not respectful. But is that fair for other people and other cultures, other views, other upbringings? to be held to those same standards when they've never been introduced to that. My whole point is it goes back to tolerance. Um, I think that's what we're lacking in this, um, in this, um, this country, this wonderful country. Piper, if you don't mind, can you please repeat that definition? I, I like to always, I like to, to go back to it because we, we discussed it in the beginning of the definition. I, I, and I'm trying to give an example. And now I want to go back to the definition one more time, please. Sure. Here's the definition of tolerance, the ability or willingness to tolerate something, in particular, the existence of opinions or behaviors that one does not necessarily agree with. Wonderful. So now we got, now we got that tolerance. Now what, now why else do people argue? Obviously we, we know they lack tolerance and we believe that we're right and they're wrong, which, which should not be the case. Um, talking to an individual, understanding an individual will give you some insight as to how they grew up. Right. But why else? Why else? Well, knowledge base plays a huge role. You know, if, if someone is more knowledgeable than another individual and the other individual doesn't have the knowledge, you're going to, you're going to argue, you know, but there's one main reason. And we're going to go to this, this other word. And I'm going to ask Piper to um, define it. And I'm going to give you a little bit, a little bit of um, background in this word. It's called indoctrination. Okay. And indoctrination is a very, very, very powerful tool. And I'm going to have Piper, if you don't mind, can you give a definition of indoctrination, please? Yes. Indoctrination, the process of teaching a person or group to accept a set of beliefs uncritically. All right, y'all. I'm I'm going to go somewhere. My goal, remember, is not to offend. 
okay? But I'm going to take you to a way to understand what indoctrination. Are you all ready? Here we go. Jesus, Moses, Hitler, presidents, leaders, Mussolini, all these figures have used a form of indoctrination, indoctrinating in a belief. Now, the process is exactly the same. Yes, it really is. Believe it or not, the process is the same. Yes, Hitler's process and Jesus's process is very, this, the process is the same, but the main difference is the outcome. What is the outcome that the individual that's conveying his message is trying to achieve? Is it for the greater good of society? Is it for self-prophecy? What is the ulterior motive? I have no, you know, I, I, I'm not here to read into their minds. I'm not. My whole goal is to explain to you what indoctrination is. As a child, this is coming from Dr. Smith, a um, great friend of mine, goes by the nickname Tarzan Smith. He actually was on Survivor. Great guy. Um, he expressed to me that as a child, it takes two brain cells to believe something. And once you are taught to believe that, it's virtually impossible to change your views. Because in order to change your views, when somebody provides you new information, you have to be willing to accept it. You have to be um, intelligent enough to understand the information coming at you. You have to be vulnerable enough to say, hey, I've been doing something for 20, 30 years. And now that somebody presented new information to me, that makes more logical sense to be willing to, which in return could disrupt your whole foundation that you've ever known of. It takes a lot. And I assure you, these, these um, leaders understand that. They understand human behavior. Well, and they're hoping for that. They're hoping for uncritical acceptance of information. And they find a way to present it in a way that you don't critically think about all the implications of that in your life. You know, it's interesting that you say that, Piper, because a lot of people trust information that's given to them. And they never verify as long as they trust the individual. Yeah, what I would invite people, my viewers, if, if, if you guys um, are enjoying this, I, I, I will always invite y'all to do things. I will always invite y'all, when somebody presents you information, ask yourself, A, who gave me the information? Why did they give me information? Is there a hidden agenda? Is there an ulterior motive? And then I also take it one step further when I, re when I listen to the news. Who owns that news channel? Who, 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 who's, who's the corporate entity? Who's what, profiting? Who's profiting? Who's contributing? Who's contributing? What is their ulterior motive? What's their hidden agenda? Why? Why is this message being conveyed? You see, this is, this is a magic word. And I'm, I'm going to reach out for you, Piper, again, to give me this definition. It's, the, the term is critical thinking. And why is critical thinking important as Piper, as she's typing away right now, trying to find the definition, because there's a little bit of not being quietly prepared to think. Just joking. All right, here, here we go. So in order to critically think, did you, did you get the definition? Got it. Go for it, Piper. First, let's get the definition. The critical thinking, the objective analysis. Oh, hold, hold on. Objective. That's a wonderful world. We're going to go there as well. Go ahead, Piper. The objective analysis and evaluation of an issue in order to form a judgment. Wonderful. Okay. So basically to sum it up, it's gathering up objective information. Can you look up the word? We need to get two definitions right now. We need to get objective and we need to get subjective. And I'm going to give people examples. When we look at objective, this is very simple. Objective, 
Two plus two is four. This is an objective view of, of um, mathematics. mathematics. Two plus two is four. It's the same in the United States as it is, is in China, as it is in Iraq, anywhere you go. Two plus two is four. Now, if I ask Piper, what do you, do you like this color blue or do you prefer this color green or do you like vanilla ice cream? I prefer vanilla ice cream. She prefers chocolate. This is very subjective. It's based on your perception, your likes. When I make decisions. Your opinion. Exactly. Your opinion. So objective def by definition is not influenced by personal feelings or opinions in considering and representing facts. So we're removing feelings. Oh, we're removing emotions. Wow, that's very challenging for people. Can we go to subjective? We need to go to subjective. I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee. Subjective, definition based on or influenced by personal feelings, tastes, or opinions. So let me ask you this. If I was to make a judgment for the greater good of society, would it be better if I'm subjective or objective, Piper? Well, in my opinion, you, in my opinion, right? Of course. Subjective is opinion is that you have to understand uh, objectively. Of course. Right. The facts. Of course. And then apply your subjective opinion about those facts. However, I have noticed recently in watching multiple news channels, right? Because it's very... Uh, divisive right now. So everybody- It's like one big I, reality I, show, y'all. I like encourage one big you to reality watch show. multiple news channels, not just one channel. I found that there's a lot of subjective information okay. being presented. Why? Because I go back and look at who's presenting. Well, let me, let me take it one step further, Piper. I'm going to take it one step further. <laughs> if I was to tell you, Piper, two plus two is four, would you be able to argue with me with that? No. Is it kind of boring? Boring. Okay. Now, what if I said, Piper, you, you're, you're wrong. Blue is a far more fantastic color than purple. What is wrong with you? You could easily come back to me, correct? Correct. I like vanilla ice cream. What are you talking about chocolate? You're crazy. Chocolate, people that like I chocolate. I like my dad says he practically hates people who like cilantro. Exactly. Well, hold on. I actually <laughs> have to agree with him. I don't know how an individual can actually like cilantro. I love it. It's, it tastes like dishwater to me. But either way, what draws and captivates people. Isn't what does that show you watch? The Kardashians? Are, are the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or the that's, Kardashians? That's, one? that's emotional, subjective views, which draws you, which, which captivates you, which, which gains ratings. But then also it can deflect you, deflect from the, from the values or the principles that you truly possess inside that you have no idea. You just don't even know that you possess these traits because you're so drawn emotionally. So when I look at, when I look at things and I look at anything and I look at decisions that I have to make in life for the greater good of my family, for the greater good of my practice or my businesses, every decision I make is for the greater good of that entity, the greater good of society. Okay. And I think that's very difficult for people to do because you have to remove the emotion. I have individuals that, that work for this, for, for, for work for this practice. And let's just hypothetically say there's individuals that I may not like personally. I may not like and share a lot of their values, but the way I determine their value is, are they being productive? Are they doing their job? You see, you have to look at it objectively because is it fair for me as an individual to jeopardize their job because I don't like their views? That's terrible. Why would we do that to an individual? 
I don't, I don't understand that. Now, if they're not performing their work at their work level that they should, that's a different story because I'm looking at objectively. I have a measuring tool. Why aren't you performing? Not whether you're a Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative. I mean, and I think this is the problem that we're having in our society, that it's so captivating that we're willing to jeopardize someone based... based we're willing to jeopardize a person's financial livelihood because we don't share their same views. Frankly, that is absolutely disgusting to me because why do I believe I'm right or wrong? I may agree or disagree. And I think this is the, the, the problem that we're having in our society is all of y'all out there, you guys are so arrogant to believe that you're right or wrong. You can't even see the trees in the forest. And um, my goal here is to just through this thoughts of an unstable mind. And the reason I say that is I think I see things a little bit differently than most is we have to be tolerant with individuals. We have to, we have to be willing to accept different views. And as long as a person is not a burden on society and doing their part, they should be accepted. And I don't know why we're, we're, so well, accept it as a part of that society. Absolutely. I mean, it's not skin color. It's not race. It's not religion. It's are you being productive in society or are you a burden? Well, because this country needs each individual person to take that responsibility, Absolutely. that accountability for themselves, for the decisions they're making. And that's where it starts, Piper. I think that's the problem is, is, is we like to point the finger, but we don't like the finger to be pointed back at us. And I, I work where I know where I want to go now is I want to go to something about hypocrisy. Piper, I need a definition of hypocrisy, please. I'd like to make sure that we're all on the same page here. Um, I think the, the, the problem is it's like, do as I say, not as I do. So the definition of hypocrisy, the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform, pretense. That is one of my biggest, I get very frustrated with when, when individuals um, are, are hypocritical to what they're saying. And I understand we're not perfect by all means, but when a person is able to convey and you, are, uh, you understand your hypocrisy and you're willing to be okay with it, that's where, you know, it's very challenging for me to have a relationship with an individual like that. I think, I think hypocrisy is also causing a lot of discourse in this country, um, especially from leaders. Um, we have a lot of leaders that, that say one thing and do another. And, and that's, that's fine. It's do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, do as I say, not What's as I do. What's good for the goose is not good for the gander. And I think, I think a lot of this, and I do believe, and, and we're going to have to go more and more into this. I think people believe they know what's best for you. And quite frankly, I don't think that's the case for me and many people. I think if you're willing to be accountable for yourself, you'll be surprised on how far you can go. But that starts with you stripping your own self, your vulnerabilities, and being open about our flaws and, and able to do this. You know, it's, um, I get very passionate with this, and you're going to see that throughout this, is um, when an individual is able to point the finger at another and then go around and do it themselves, 
after they criticize another individual. It's disgusting. It's awful. And it's just causes, it causes more discourse in, in, in our society. Would you agree, Piper? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, th- I think it's a big problem when somebody says, you shouldn't do all these things. It's, it's, it's dangerous for you, or it's not good for you, or it may cause you to have a bad outcome. But I'm going to take that risk and do it myself because I need to go to my job. I need to make money. I need to make sure that my family stays okay. But you can't do it. You exactly. shouldn't do it because you know, it's too risky for you. Well, you want, can't think about all the things you need to do to keep your family financially stable or safe or, um, you know, moving forward. You know, it's interesting. I remember talking to Piper and I, I don't want to share names by, you know, in respect for those other people. Um, they would convey to us their frustration, their frustration and anger and, and, and unbelief that people would not wear a mask. I can't believe that. And then while they're in my presence in the public or at the restaurant, they don't even have a mask on. For me, it was the birthday party. Oh, there you go. You cannot go to a public event with more than 20 people, but yet I call them and they're having a birthday party with 20 family members. Yeah. So, you know, I think- With no mask, people let their guard down. You know, last I checked, the virus doesn't know who you know. Exactly. You know, I'm going to, we're kind of, I want to kind of reach the end of this, but I want to leave you with one more were definition I would like you to do, Piper. And, and, and in every single person that's listening to this show has done it. I haven't. And I think that's why um, a lot of people um, may be frustrated with me, I guess. Preference falsification, Piper. And actually, while she's getting that definition, I'm going to give you my how ugly baby theory came about. Well, understanding people and being very fortunate to have a lot of discussions with people, I realized one consistent thing is people aren't honest with each other. And I couldn't understand that. And how did I come up with this ugly baby theory? You know, when I came up with this theory, I had no idea there was an actual word that went with it. So my ugly baby theory is this. I'm going to use you Piper as an example. Let's say we invite, I invite you to come to my house and I just had a new baby. And you see the baby and I tell you, isn't this the most beautiful baby you've ever seen in your whole life? But you know, you know, deep down inside, this is quite possibly the ugliest baby you've ever seen. But what are you going to tell me? Adorable. What a beautiful child. Now, when you get in your car and you're with your friend and y'all leave and the doors are shut, what are you now going to say? That is the ugliest baby I've ever seen in my life. Oh my God. Could you believe that? You see, that's called preference falsification. Piper, can you please give us that definition? Absolutely. Preference falsification is the act of communicating a preference that differs from one's true preference. And this idea came from or was formalized by social scientist Tim Curran in his book, Private Truth. This was in 1997, Private Private Truth, Public Lies. So what I want to do as I I wrap this first show up and I hopefully I've... um, Hopefully you guys are going to enjoy this moving forward and we got a lot of other topics to go through and hopefully we'll have some interesting people jump on board is um, remember, this is Safi. I don't know what I'm supposed to say, but I will tell you what I believe. So please don't ask me if you're fat and please don't ask me if, if your baby is cute. 
Join us next week on Thoughts of an Unstable Mind, where we talk about the power, power of indoctrination.